0: Into your most original thinking, organize your ideas, and create the opportunities to launch your creative work. Unlocking your world of creativity with best selling author and brand innovator Mark Stinson. Welcome back, everyone, to our podcast, and I'm so happy today to be traveling to Manhattan to talk to Christina Medina.
1: Hi, I'm so happy to be here. This is very exciting to speak to you.
0: We're overlooking Central Park. We're on Broadway Avenue in in New York. And Christina is not only host of a great program called Mindset to Manifestation, she is also a real estate broker, a sales professional. She's a Reiki master. All these things contribute to your creativity, Christina. And We can't wait to touch on all of these.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: What's inspiring your creativity these days? Is there something on your desk, you know, on your laptop that you say needs your creative muscle these days?
1: (laughs) It's kind of interesting that you say that because I love to reassess and reinvent myself consistently. I do believe that we are the creator of our own lives. Like, you know, there's a lot of higher powers involved. So I do believe in that, but I also believe that we have that free will to create the life that we want. And so right now I'm working on that. I've got my book right here with everything kind of laid out, you know, my areas of focus and I've given a lot of energy outward over the last year. And so now I've decided to take this time to reflect on myself and what do I want to give back to myself? So that is a big motivation for me right now and a big drive. And I'm having a lot of fun with coming up with these ideas. Okay, well, who is Christina Medina in 2022, you know, who is this person? And it doesn't have to be an end of the year thing or beginning of the year. Sometimes I do this with my birthday or, you know, sometimes with seasons too, it could really be any time. So I love the idea of reinventing oneself. And I love a good makeover. There you go. <laughs> I'm gonna hey, be hey, really hey, honest hey, here. <laughs> that's right.
0: And we do find these milestones, like yeah. you know, like yeah. birthdays or you know, anything else. Yeah. That it's time for a restart button or time to refresh yeah. something and, I'm and refresh it. it.
1: Yeah. There you go.
0: Now, professionally, you've been involved in some great signature developments there in New York City. When you say creativity, boy. Selling real estate, but especially the high-end properties and the uh, the signature developments that you work on really takes a lot of different creativity.
1: you know what you got to approach every day like a brand new day because when you're working on the developer slash seller side, you're selling a product like granted, there are many different floor plans and opportunities within that product but you're meeting new people every with every appointment and you're really using those creative juices i i didn't even realize how essential my art background and my creativity was for sales, because I consider myself a very shy person before I got into sales. Mm -hmm. And from that, I realized like, wow, having this creative artistic background has helped me see things in a very different way than, you know, like say someone who may not have that creative eye or have have explored that because I do believe that we all possess that skill set, that creativity. But me coming from an art background and training, it's really helped me to open up and and really just kind of approach each appointment and each person with a, a new like zest, so to speak. You know, we were talking briefly before about energy and I really do believe of sales is the energy that you're selling to people, because Mm -hmm. that's what they're feeling. And then the other part is obviously the product, because is it something they actually need or desire in their lives? But really, it's about how are you making this person feel when they're around you? And are you bringing something that feels like, hey, I want to feel, I want that. I want to feel like that.
0: Mm-hmm. And what about on the developer side, that seller side you're talking about, in terms of creating that desirable energy? Yes. Now, of course, you know, we talk about design and function and you mm-hmm. know, the actual bones of the property, but also, you know, what is that energy? We've all had the experience. You walk into a place and you say, this is me.
1: Yeah. And how
0: it connects, right?
1: Yeah, I really think that's the selling from the heart aspect of it. And I, I feel like we may have heard this term before, but it's really, um, you know, I don't think that the hardcore Older version of salesperson slash like car salesperson kind of personality that does not work in the luxury market whatsoever. You know, you can't convince someone, you know, using mind tricks or persuasion to buy something that is like a multi million dollar property. It's a very different situation. So it's a lot of care, it's a lot of um, really stepping into their shoes. And holding that space for them to feel comfortable around you to ask questions. I mean, I have a coaching background as well. And I feel like that really helped me also because you're really helping someone connect the dots on their end to see how that works for them. And so the energy is authenticity and being genuine. I've had people tell me, wow, you're not anything like a real estate salesperson, (laughs) you know, and they'll tell other people and then they'll tell them, you know, oh, you've got to meet Christina. She's not like a real estate person, (laughs) you know, which I think is hilarious, but. (laughs) Yes,
0: exactly. Well, with that success, you've also then kind of started with training and helping others, as you mentioned, coaching, not only in your own sales and real estate uh, group, but also outside of that. But you talked about being a sort of innate creative, you know, you were the hands on artist. uh, you worked at a gallery, you really appreciated the art. So now as you think about transferring that energy to other people, Mm -hmm. is it teachable? Can you teach other people to approach it?
1: I absolutely believe it's teachable. And I think the first thing you have to do is you have to unlearn some things and then build, build it back up because people have this preconceived idea of what sales is like. And that's why, you know, you hear people saying, oh, I don't like selling myself. You know, if you're a business owner, you are always selling yourself and you are selling yourself, even if you're not in business, because you're selling yourself to your partner, your friends, whatever life situations, you know? And I think that people have these ideas of what sales feels like to them. And I really am feeling based and they have this idea of how it feels and they don't like it. And I think that's because they have a, a caricature idea of like what that looks like, sounds like, acts like, and feels like, and mm-hmm. then they, they disassociate with it. They are like, that's not me.
0: And I wonder how receptive Some of these colleagues are to your messages. In other words, when you talk about a mindset of manifestation, do they think, Oh, great. She's going to tell me to do a vision board and chant. And, you know, somehow I will (laughs) quote manifest my dreams Uh, (laughs) a little more behind that. I think don't you
1: totally. Yes. There are people that think that, and those are kind of fun exercises that, you know, you can incorporate, but then the really serious people that stick with me realize that there's a lot more work to this than just that vision board or those things. I mean, I don't even use those things now because I'm so accustomed to knowing like what I'm energetically available for and what I'm not energetically available for that. That's what I use as my compass in terms of like what direction I go, weighing a decision and things like that so that you know i I mentor people too um, and that's what i teach them i teach them how to unlearn a lot of things and then build that back up and it incidentally everyone that is in my mentorship there you know some are in real estate some are creatives that are selling their work as a photographer And building a product as well, and then another person works in sales in stereos, like something completely different. But he's looking at coaching, wanting to coach people on sales too. So it's like it's very diverse. There's so many ways to incorporate this kind of unlearning and then learning into your life.
0: Mm -hmm. And maybe you could help us understand even this manifestation idea. I read one of your articles that was saying if all you do is manifest, you want a Tesla. You know that this somehow is all monetary. There's so much more to it.
1: I contemplated changing the name of the podcast, you know, because I felt like there was such a, I I feel like almost like a cliche attached to the idea of manifestation now, like what it would look like and what it would be like. And it felt very superficial to me because the kind of work, and that's why it's mindset to manifestation, because it's not just like, Hey, it's a vision board. And I want to manifest this car and I want, you know, all these clothes and these purses, you know, I see a lot of that on Instagram and it just happens to be a lot of women, but I see guys doing the same thing, the guys in Absolutely. the suit Lamborghinis and like all this kind of stuff. And number one, I find that very irritating because I know the secret behind a lot of that stuff. A lot of that stuff is rented, you know, for the sake <laughs> of the gram. So, and it's very, you know, it's sales and marketing and I work in sales and marketing for a luxury product. And so it's a way of them for them to sell and market their product. But I, I feel like it's misleading because there's so much better. Like they could do so much better, like getting deeper and really holistically changing their entire life. Like so much more, you could get a car and you could get a whatever clothes, a Chanel purse or whatever you are trying to manifest, but why not get the whole like shebang? Why not get the whole amazing life? That's completely different from where you began, you know, like bigger and better beyond anything you could imagine? Why would you settle for a Tesla, (laughs) you know, when you could have a life beyond your dreams, you know, and maybe you can't identify that or define that right now, because our mind can only conceive what we believe is possible. But there's a whole world out there. And there's a, a greater force and a greater power, I believe, that can help You know, as long as we tune into that navigation system, we can like look for the synchronicities and the signs and feel the gut impulses when we start really listening to them and make those decisions that take us to places we could have never imagined.
0: Well, Christina, if I could drill down on that a little bit, because a lot of people listen to a podcast like ours, you know, having this conversation saying, well, that's easy for her to say. She's a successful real estate salesperson. Uh-huh. She's had all this, uh, you know, great success. She's got the magic. She's got the personality, but you didn't start this way. It didn't come in a magic kind of wave a magic wand fashion. Tell us where, where all. this came from.
1: It's a very long and layered story, but I came from extremely humble, humble, working class beginnings. You know, both of my parents um, dropped out of high school. They were teenager parents. My father had issues, you know, like from what I understand, I didn't even know him. He had issues with drugs. My mother was from an abusive family and long story short, everybody was an alcoholic in that family. And that's the family that raised me. And so I grew up around alcoholics. I felt, you know, I felt loved in my own way, but I also grew up with a lot of stuff that most kids don't have exposure to. And being an empath, which I I've learned since then is that a lot of people that are empaths develop those, that sensitivity um, because they're in that situation. That's really hostile. I mean, I grew up worrying about where we're going to live, Mm -hmm. you know, in the middle of the night, my mom would come into my room and we would be leaving, or she would just be having one of her fits and she would tear up my room and make me clean in the middle of the night. So I grew up with a lot of insecurities about who I was because I never felt that's just a small fragment of it, but I did not feel comfortable in my own skin. I grew up, I had body dysmorphia. I had very low self-esteem. I was consistently getting in relationships that were highly toxic with wounded men because I was very wounded and I needed that distraction from my own healing that needed to be done you know, I moved to New York, married uh, 15 years ago. And within a few months after that, we were separated. I lost my job twice during the recession. I, I put myself through college. You know, I was an older student, but I, it was important to me to be able to graduate high school. You know, it took me like 10 years to get into college, like to to make that commitment again, but it was really important for me to get a degree. It's for my self-esteem, like it helped build up my self-esteem, but I still had low self-esteem, went through the divorce, went through losing my job. I'm, I was like 30 something. I was almost 40. I remember. And I was bartending, you know, in the West village of New York city. And it was not easy. It was busy. I was older than everybody else there. I was tired. Luckily I looked younger. So that helped. (laughs) (laughs) I took really good care of my skin. So that helped me. But, uh, and, but, you know, if it wasn't for that, all that happening, I wouldn't have had like the one like dark night of the soul that happened to last like six years or whatever, that got me on a spiritual journey that got me into working into a yoga studio that got me into meditation, you know, all those, those dark years, you know, of falling down and just settling for very little, I did not have money for years. I mean, I I only started making money probably within like what I consider money, like, comfortable in New York City, which does require a lot. You right. know, it's to, a
0: little like, higher than most.
1: <laughs> yeah. To have a normal life in New yep. York City sounds like crazy money outside of the city, but it's really not. You're just like living a normal life, but making that kind of money where I can enjoy buying whatever I wanted clothes wise or taking vacations, living, buying a beautiful home, you know, buying, you know, some land and building a place of state that kind of, that only happened probably in the last five, six years. And I've been here for 15 years. You know, I, $40,000 a year in New York city is not a lot of money to live on. I don't know how I survived. I seriously think I had guardian angels helping me buy organic food, you know, and pay my rent. And I had an angel of a landlord who, yeah, I paid him a late fee every month, but he was okay with letting me pay my rent two weeks late every month. You know, it was just like, always barely surviving so well, it, and we long, start off it, that way it, it,
0: well see this is the point and i think a lot of people who look at the after picture and yeah. say it's always been that way miss the before picture and say totally. long before we called it an empath i don't know when when we uh, <laughs> came up. yeah no no, no totally totally we sponge in every everyone around us. And then somehow that's the life we live. But you're also describing, I guess, since the topic is creativity, you're describing navigating and problem solving. And yeah, sometimes cutting the corners and begging for forgiveness, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But yes. You know, I'll be the oldest bartender in the West Village. Yes. And, and, and I'll sleep sometime. I don't know. I what had to pay my rent. I had we to figure, pay my rent. I had to figure it out. But you're <laughs> yeah. also describing it. And I think it, maybe it's been so long. And, uh, you know, we sound like the old timers sitting around the bar telling the old stories, but it's been so long since that great recession. Yeah, that we forget what 07, 08, 09, 10, you know, it it pounded, it pounded us down. It
1: was really tough. And, you know, I could have left the city and I could have moved back home to Kansas City. But I was committed to being here. I was like, this place is my home. I'm going to make it. And sometimes I was like, why am I even here? You know, but I knew that I had to keep going and, and, and I really lost my way. I didn't even know where I was going for a long time, but I, like I said, I had to pay my rent and I was responsible for myself and, you know, I didn't get to buy new clothes. I mean that. For the longest time, it was like if I wanted to buy anything, like I'd try to go on dates and stuff like that, I had to go buy secondhand clothes. Like that, that was just, and that wasn't because I thought it was cool. That was because that's all I could afford. And I tried to do my best, you know, mm-hmm. to look my best. I never forget, though, to be honest, every Saturday, that comes up and I'm not taking a nap at like three o'clock in the afternoon because I've got to go to the bar and work that night and adult babysit Yes, <laughs> uh, every Saturday, you know, even just like two weeks ago, I was telling my, my fiance, Jerry, wow, it's Saturday and it's winter time in New York city. And I remember this so well, walking from my apartment, my fifth floor walk up studio apartment in the East village that I could barely pay the rent. And I'd walk like 30 or so minutes to the West village, to the bar that I worked at. And then I'd come home the same way and it was cold. And I remember even walking on that path, like, you know what, someday I'm going to remember this and I'm going to be so grateful that that time of my life happened and that it's over. <laughs> and it's well, true because exactly. every time I'm like, wow, But of course, sure, your, your
0: mindset is to take all that. You know, and use that as a launch pad rather than to dwell on it, rather than to put stuck in it. So let's look ahead. We've been talking about what 2022 and beyond looks like. What do you see over the horizon for yourself?
1: Yeah. So I, well, as you know, I've been working on a book. I wrote over 30,000 words, and it's about energy. And I realized that there's more to this book, it's kind of on hold for a minute. Because I'm not on anyone's timeline. I'm on my timeline and I'm open to that. I'm open to the way that it unfolds. That's one of the things I have true. Like there are moments when I know I need to push and use that ego to push me forward And then there are moments when I need to allow the beautiful unfolding. That's what I call it. Because I also have another word for it. The underworkings, the things that are under, like that we can't see, they're all working in my favor. And so sometimes when my ego really wants something to happen on my timeline, it has to like take a pause for a minute and recognize and remember that there are the underworkings, the people, places, and things that all are lining up to make whatever it is I want happen in a way that is beyond my expectations. So I'm at peace with that book. A copy of it is sitting on my coffee table. It is there. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not going in anywhere, but I have also been looking at some things, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, do I want an MBA? Like, does that mean something to me? But I also um, really want to explore conscious leadership. And so I think that's the next level for me because I keep getting, you know, I was trying to pull out of real estate development and business and get into, um, just more spiritual. Like, you know, I got my yoga certification. I'm thinking maybe I do yoga. Maybe I do all this stuff while I love those things. I don't know that that's really where I need to be. I think I need to make an impact more on a a big corporate level, you know, because I feel like Those leaders in those companies need to have that awareness as well, but maybe they need it from, rather than from being potentially attacked from the outside and shutting down, maybe they need those messages delivered to them from a source that they're familiar with or someone within their company that's trying to make those changes.
0: To make that more acceptable and palatable. Yeah.
1: Totally. But I love
0: what you're describing. And I think listeners, we can learn from this, that when Christina was talking about what's ahead for her, there was inner workings. You know, we can make a list of our external goals. I want this. I want this. I want to achieve that. I want to increase sales. I want to, you know, whatever it is. But those external things, it sounds like for you, Christina, come from the inner goals, you know, and the inner workings.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. There is a, I have a vision for who I am, like who this soul is in this body in this lifetime. And that is kind of like my guiding light. I'm very in tune to what I call my inner guide, which is essentially my intuition slash my connection to God, whatever kind of God or universe you believe. But I'm, I, I listen to that and I make time for quiet to listen to that. Even when I meditate, I no longer listen to music. I sit in the quiet where before, when I first started, it was guided meditations, Mm -hmm. you know, because I couldn't really focus. And then it was music. And now it's just silence because I want to receive the information.
0: Without the interruption.
1: Totally. I don't need distraction. distraction. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, Christina, what a terrific conversation. I have really enjoyed getting to know you better. And uh, let's continue it as we go and keep us posted on the book on podcast totally. when you restart it and all the things that you're working on. Great YouTube channel listeners. There's a lot of places you can connect with Christina. Her website is mindset to And as she mentioned, great Instagram page at Christina Medina NYC. Find that New York City at the end there.
1: There Yeah. You can follow all (laughs) things, Christina.
0: (laughs) And of course, mindset to manifestation on almost any social platform you can think of. Yeah,
1: basically, yes. (laughs) Yes. So in other words, I've decided to keep that name because I feel like it's really important to change the perception of manifestation.
0: Yes, exactly. Perfect. my guest has been christina medina in new york city it's been great traveling to new york i miss the city Can't wait to get back on a plane when all things are uh, right and proper in the world and get back out there and have a real coffee instead of the Zoom coffee we've enjoyed today. (laughs) (laughs) Come back again next time as we continue talking to creative people and practitioners around the world. We'll talk about how they get inspired for new ideas and how they organize those ideas and most of all, how they gain the confidence and the connections to launch their work. Out into the world. So, until next time, I'm Mark Stinson, and we're unlocking your world of creativity. Bye for now. Unlocking your world of creativity with best-selling author and brand innovator Mark Stinson. This program was produced by BSB Media, creators of Intelliqui Leadership Stories, Unlocking Your World of Creativity, and The Peace Room. Dot love.
1: We've created a special offer just for
0: listeners of the podcast. You can get the book, A World of Creativity, for a special price of five ninety-eight dollars for paperback. And the Kindle version is only 99 cents. Go to mark-stinson.com to take advantage of this special offer.